L-L. W-I-L-L programs are made possible with support from The Great Impasta, a family-owned restaurant serving foods from northern Italy for more than 25 years. The Great Impasta, Lincoln Square in downtown Urbana. More information is available at 359-7377. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. You're listening to The Afternoon Magazine on W-I-L-L. I'm Chris Berube. Yesterday, Governor Pat Quinn gave the State of the State address in Springfield, and critics say that what the speech lacked in specifics, it made up for in platitudes. Here's Governor Quinn talking about the pension system. Do we want, in the years to come, a prosperous Illinois where working people continue to have good jobs, where businesses thrive, and where all our children have a world-class education? Or do we want to stop the progress and watch our economic recovery stall? Even if the speech was a little short on specifics, the State of the State Address is the informal start of a new session of the House and Senate of Illinois, and it does kind of set the tone for the next few months to come. To preview the upcoming legislative agenda is Tom Kasich. He's a columnist who has covered Springfield for the News Gazette in Champaign for quite some time. Uh, Tom, thanks a lot for joining us. Glad to be here. So, you were at the State of the State address. Uh, was there anything surprising? Uh, there were a few things he, the governor dropped in uh, that not everyone had heard of before. But, you know, a lot of the stuff were issues that the governor has supported in the past, such as raising the minimum wage and some of those election reforms to talk about uh, banning assault weapons. He just sort of incorporated a lot of things into the speech that... Uh, he had mentioned before. You mentioned there were a couple of things in the speech that he said that people hadn't heard before. Did, did anything jump out at you? There, were, there was a reference to a manufacturing lab that would be in conjunction with the University of Illinois and the National Center for Supercomputing Applications that apparently has been discussed for a while between the U of I and some people in Chicago. But uh, that that was sort of a surprise and uh, even downstate legislators were unfamiliar with that. In a speech like this, uh, the governor kind of sets the table a little bit for what's going to happen in the next legislative term. I mean, do you have a clearer sense of what his priorities are going to be for the next couple of months? He's, he threw so much out, everything from same-sex marriage to uh, you know banning assault weapons to the pension issue, that you'd think there, was, there were going to really be a lot of issues that he's going to be addressing. Essentially, the, the one the one that he really has to focus on is the pension issue. You know, and that's gonna that's just gonna overwhelm so many other issues, including the budget. That it's hard to see him focusing on more than the pensions. During the speech itself, he did mention the pension issue a couple of times. He opened with that and he closed with that, but he didn't really get into specifics. Like he didn't actually instruct lawmakers, you know, what bill he'd like to see passed or anything like that. Was there a sense among the people you spoke to that he was being purposefully vague on this one? Yeah, because he's got a lot to lose if he mentions any kind of particulars. He uh, is keeping his options open, although he pretty much endorsed uh, Senate President John Cullerton, Senate Bill 1. So something that could get through the Senate, but there seems to be a lot of opposition in the House. He didn't uh, give a strong endorsement and really encourage everybody to jump on it. He just sort of indicated that this is, you know, an option that I support right now. In terms of the pension issue, I mean, remind me, what is in the John Cullerton bill that uh, is currently being considered again? Gives state employees an option 
whether they want to continue with their full pension and cut their health care benefits or essentially the alternative. It's it's an either-or sort of thing. There's, you know, that could be unconstitutional as well, people are saying, because it's a diminishment of their benefits, which is prohibited by the Constitution. People are of two minds on this pension issue. They, they want something done, but they're not sure what they want done. This, this, it's talking about legislators. No one is, no one is jumping on a horse and riding it away yet. Now, uh, you've been speaking to uh, a number of Democrats and Republicans to sort of get their reaction to the state of the state and see what they're looking forward to. For the Democrats, this has got to be a, a tricky spot because they have this big majority in the the House and the Senate, and you know they have the governor's office right now. But there is a real sense that Quinn is pretty vulnerable, and he could very well lose a primary uh, to be the Democratic nominee for next year's election. Did you get a sense that Democrats kind of had a muted reaction to this speech after the fact? Uh, everybody I talked to thinks this was a very political speech, that this is Quinn's opening salvo in the uh, governor's race. Uh, and, you know, the Republicans look upon it the same way. And this is their this is their chance to respond to the governor and say what they would do. Uh, why anybody would want to be governor of Illinois right now, I, I don't understand. But there, everybody seems to think that this is going to be uh, a slog for the next uh, year and a half, that everything is going to be political, everything is about the governor's race. One thing that uh, came up during the actual speech was uh, same-sex marriage, and Governor Quinn uh, called it inevitable that same-sex marriage was going to be coming to Illinois uh, based on the bill that is going to be uh, going before the Senate next week. Do you feel like uh, same-sex marriage, that there's optimism that that bill will get to the House soon and will be uh, will be passed? I do believe it'll pass the Senate. Uh, Senate President Cullerton says he wants to vote on it next week on Valentine's Day. Uh, the, the outlook is a little less certain in the House, although the Dems have a, a big enough majority in there that, that they ought to be able to pass it. Uh, I don't know that there's going to be many House Republicans uh, on the bill, I'm not even sure any Senate Republicans will be on it, but I would think the chances are pretty good that it's going to pass this spring. I uh, I spoke actually to Senator Staines on the show yesterday, uh, or on Tuesday rather, and what she had to say was that uh, she's really trying to get this bill done now before pension reform kind of sucks all of the air out of the room, so to speak. Do you feel like there are any other uh, priorities that might get a hearing before pensions kind of overtake the legislative agenda? Yeah, I think lots of things will, because some people don't want to even touch that, that pension issue. It's, it's really a third rail. The governor says he, he says one thing and then, then does another. He, he's behind a supplemental appropriation bill that is being heard quickly and probably get out in the Senate tomorrow or sooner or later, I mean. But he, but he says he doesn't want a gaming bill discussed until pensions are done. So he's sort of talking out of both sides of his mouth on that issue. But I think there's going to be plenty of issues discussed and passed before pension reform is done. Speaking to Republicans, um, did you get a sense of what their priorities are in terms of what they want to see passed uh, other than pensions uh, or addressed in the next couple of months? Uh, the overwhelming sense I got from the Republicans is, is they want budget issues addressed. They want to pay down the bills that the state has incurred over the past five or six years. They want to do pensions and they want to do fiscal issues and everything else is secondary to them. Really? There was there was nothing else that came up speaking to Republicans? 
Oh well, you know they want to, they want to do uh, workers' comp reform, and they, you know, they want to make Illinois more business friendly. But their thought is we shouldn't be doing anything else except addressing this pension issue and paying down uh, all our back bills. Governor Quinn did mention um, the minimum wage during his speech. Did did you get a sense uh, where the Republicans are going to land on the minimum wage legislation? Oh, they're definitely opposed to that. Even though this, he's talking about a four-year rollout, uh, it, would, it would be gradually increased. But they, they don't even want to discuss that. I, mean, I can't imagine there would be any uh, Republican votes for that. Well, uh, Tom Kasich, thank you so much for, uh, for speaking to us. All right. My pleasure. You could read Tom's coverage online at newsgazette.com. This is WILL. W- WILO programming is made possible by Columbia Street Roastery, offering over 30 varieties and blends of whole bean or ground coffee at 24 East Columbia in Champaign. Coffee, tea, and chai are available from their retail store, in local restaurants, and through Columbia Street Roastery's coffee service. More information is available at 352-9713. the Writer's Almanac for Thursday, the 7th of February, 2013. It's the birthday of two famous Midwestern authors, Laura Ingalls Wilder and Sinclair Lewis. Sinclair Lewis, born in Sauk Center, Minnesota, 1885, author of Main Street, Babbitt, many other novels. He left Minnesota as soon as he could, headed east, worked for newspapers, for magazines, wrote some potboiler novels and a few serious ones. And then in 1920, when he was 35 years old, he walked up to H.L. Mencken and George Jean Nathan, editors of the magazine The American Mercury, and he put his arms around their necks and he started yelling that he was the best writer in the country and he'd just written the best book in the country that would be published in a week and they ought to read it. He went on like this at high volume for about half an hour. Mencken and Nathan finally escaped. Mencken thought Sinclair Lewis was an idiot, but he read the book, and he was bowled over by it. The book was Main Street, came out in 1920, about a small town, Minnesota, Gopher Prairie, which Sinclair Lewis said was inhabited by, quote, a savorless people, gulping tasteless food, and sitting afterward coatless and thoughtless, in rocking chairs, prickly with inane decorations, listening to mechanical music, saying mechanical things about the excellence of Ford automobiles and viewing themselves as the greatest race in the world. It was a scathing satire of small-town American life and a big sensation, and within nine months it sold about 200,000 copies, and Sinclair Lewis became a very wealthy writer. And two years later, he published Babbitt, which was also very successful. In 1930, he was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature. He wrote 22 novels in all, 16 of which involved Midwestern towns or Midwestern protagonists. He said he found creative inspiration, quote, sitting in Pullman smoking cars in a Minnesota village on a Vermont farm in a hotel in Kansas City or Savannah, listening to the normal daily drone of what are to me the most fascinating and exotic people in the world, the average citizens of the United States. Laura Ingalls Wilder, born just north of Pepin, Wisconsin, 1867, about which she wrote her book Little House in the Big Woods, 
which begins once upon a time, 60 years ago, a little girl lived in the big woods of Wisconsin in a little gray house made of logs. Here's a poem for today by Robert Louis Stevenson, In the Highlands. In the highlands, in the country places where the old plain men have rosy faces and the young fair maidens' quiet eyes, where essential silence cheers and blesses and forever in the hill recesses her more lovely music broods and dies. Oh, to mount again where erst I haunted, where the old red hills are bird-enchanted, and the low green meadows bright with sward, and when even dies, the million tinted, and the night has come and planets glinted, lo, the valley hollow, lamp bestarred. 